Well, hello there. It's another day. I'm Jim Harrington. And I am Bill Knight. Happy Monday. Of course, we had another weekend. And you know, weekends always turn out to be, I don't know what kind of bombs you want to say, but we had some bombs going off this weekend. Boy, we sure did. Starting with the uh, drop, the first drop on Friday, the Twitter files, unbelievable. And the thing that's strange about this, besides being a, a major news story, is how the media in the United States, the mainstream media, is trying desperately to suppress the story. I yeah, mean, I'm talking about... Nothing went on. Yeah, CBS, NBC, ABC, all trying to pretend it doesn't exist. If we don't talk about it, it never happened. Ignore it is what they're doing. Yeah, it's a big story, and it's going to be a big story uh, throughout the week, whether they like it or not, because Fox is carrying it, Newsmax is carrying it. But the the bigger story is how mainstream media in Europe is carrying it. France, it's big Germany, news. it is huge. And um, so people who don't know what we're talking about because they follow mainstream media in the U.S., maybe we should explain a little bit about uh, what happened on Friday and Saturday. There were two dumps. Yeah. I don't think anybody, I know when we did our show Friday, we didn't know this was no. coming down. Nobody did. Elon just said, hey, I'm going to open up the Twitter files, but the, it's the back pages of what went on behind the scenes. What happened, essentially, and I'll, I'll, I'll try to boil this down very simply, is that the Democratic Party used Twitter to suppress the Hunter Biden story. That was the big story suppressed but not the only story suppressed. The other things that were suppressed were uh, important stories relating to the uh, election that the left didn't want the world to know about. I never realized the power of Twitter because I don't really follow Twitter personally. I just, it's not my cup of tea or hasn't been, but I'm the minority. Mm -hmm. Apparently, Bill, Twitter is just the place to get your news, especially if you're 35 and under, you get short clips about what's going on in the world and you get a, a feel for what's happening. If there's a news story, you can send the link and people read their news that way. Twitter is very, very important. And the left abused their power by using it as a weapon. Well, it, yeah, they used it as a weapon because people inside that were of democratic persuasion sat there and said, oh, yeah, you know. Hey, I, there was a tweet out there that I shouldn't have said, okay, no problem, taking care mm -hmm. of. There's a story out there that really hurts us. No problem, taking care of. And the Democrats basically were in charge of that train. And it's suppression of news. It's, it's manipulating information and the news and everything else to a point to where it's treasonous on both sides. The Democrats had something they weren't supposed to have. It's not a secret weapon. It, it was, but it wasn't. It wasn't something they should have been using or should have had access to do. What a lot of people are asking is, why is Elon Musk doing, doing this? Why did he spend all those billions of dollars to buy Twitter and then to throw a bomb in it like he has? And I would submit it's not a bomb he's thrown into it. It's more like a, a, a flush. You know, He's cleaning the system out. Uh, mm -hmm. He's getting rid of uh, the the problems uh, in the organization. You know, he got, well, he got rid of a lot of people in, mm -hmm. in uh, the organization. I mean, like a couple of thousand. And then shortly thereafter, he said uh, the system's running faster. Because they were dead weight and they were in there. They were Whether they came in there as political operatives or they became political operatives, they were. And they weren't. And even political operative is too kind of a word for what they were doing because yeah. in any other situation, this is a terroristic act against our democracy, which is it a is. It's domestic the, terrorism. It's domestic terrorism. That means every employee that was involved in that should be brought up in charges. And if they if they were uh, you know if they did it, sorry, but you're guilty of terrorism, treason. Now the old days, you would be executed for that. I'm not calling for that, but I'm just saying you need to be, your citizenship needs to be canceled. Any benefit you got gone, see ya, put you on a 
give you a, a one-way ticket out of this country and bye-bye, hasta la vista, baby, get the hell out of here. What we talked about last week, um, the Brunson case, it's a lawsuit yeah. that is, yeah. is coming down on, would you believe, January 6th of uh, 2023. And... What's interesting, it's in case you're looking for a docket number, it's 22 380. It's a real case. January 6th is when it's going to be presented in front of the Supreme Court. And I mentioned on Friday that I was going to try to get some audio from one of the brothers, Loy, L O Y Brunson, who is kind of like the spokesman for the group. And I've been, this morning, I started uh, putting the audio together. It's a lot of audio. It's from another conservative talk show podcast uh, that he was on where he describes in detail uh, the the lawsuit and why they're presenting it and where they are right now. And they said in the podcast they want the word to get out. So uh, we're going to try to help them out that way by presenting some of the audio from that interview uh, probably on tomorrow's program because it's a lot and they've got to clean it up a bit and do some editing. But the thing that's neat about it is he said the remedy that we're looking for is that we think that if they find in our favor 388 people in Congress should lose their job and they should have their credentials taken away immediately, like right away. I mean, like before they leave the room. Think about that for a second. And there are senators on the list too. That's right. They are not they are not partisan. People may say, well, they're Republican conservatives. They're not partisan. Mm-hmm. These are guys who are complaining about a situation where the process was abused, meaning they were supposed to have a 10-day investigation as to whether there was some kind of uh, tampering with the election, and Congress circumvented that rule. Yeah, and, and and that's what they're complaining about. It's not a matter of the Republicans are filing a, a complaint. It's that American people are filing the complaint. What Lloyd Brunson says in the interview is, hey, look, at, this is not uh, liberal versus conservative. This is not Republican versus Democrat. This should bother every American because because our our rules were broken. Our rules our were broken. Our elected representatives did not do their sworn oath duty. I believe what the National Security Act or the Defense Act is what this is from goes back to 1916, but it went against militias and and terrorists against the state, against our very union of this country. And Trump called for that on it was the two year anniversary this past Friday. So it's very symbolic. So that means technically we were declared under siege two years and uh, something like uh, three days ago. So we're 730 days into being America under siege. It'll be interesting to see what happens because the other part of the remedy is that the, the existing president at the time would be reinstated. Right. And by the way, president Trump and some of his truth, uh, you know, a a truth is like a a tweet but it's only mm-hmm. it's on Truth Social. He's saying the only there is only one remedy that you can justify doing right now, meaning you can only do one thing right here, and that's return the proper president to the presidency. What they're focused on is he said, you know, do away with the Constitution and reinstate me as president. They're going, oh, look at this crazy idiot. Well, he's a crazy idiot because that's how you're mm-hmm. telling the story. You're not telling what led up to the story. You're not telling the fact that, uh, well, let's let's be honest here. The Democrats have always said the Constitution, which is something they want to rewrite or get rid of, it's a um, it's not an absolute document. So you can't have it both ways, Democrats. It's either an absolute or non-absolute do- document. But the fact that it's been breached, yeah, it has been breached. Trump yeah. is right for, by by saying, "Hey, we've got to suspend this." Throw it out the window, and you got to put me back in because I think um, Elon Musk on Friday and Saturday dotted the I's and crossed the T's that this election was absolutely stolen. There's no question about it. No, it's you it's, can't it's, deny it. It's there. And, 
Yeah, and if you don't believe that, if you're if you're going, oh, you're an election denier. Yes. Then I I tell you to back up and read the damn news. Yeah. And don't get it from CBS, ABC, or MS. I don't care what the hell you want to call it. It's they are lying to you because they've gotten their little personal pride mm -hmm. in 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 front of being a patriotic quote-unquote, citizen of this democracy. Well, you were talking about off mic uh, before we started the show about rats uh, scurrying off the ship. The thing, that, the thing you have to remember is that when you get a rat cornered in a, in a room or wherever, that's when mm. they're the most dangerous. And that's yeah. exactly what we have right now. There's a lot of people who are saying, well, wait a second, they are cornered. And, yes, they and, are. and people are waking up. Does that mean that they're going to give up no that means probably something major is going to happen in our country which is going to be something which takes our attention away from this story completely and onto something that you know a distraction will happen a distraction well, yeah you know i was at somebody's house yesterday and you know i mentioned the news oh really all that's going on yeah doesn't affect me I mean, as long as I can still fill up my car, I can go to work, I have some groceries in the refrigerator, and I can get my movies on Netflix, I'm happy. That's So they don't give a damn yeah. about the fact that Rome is on fire. Oh, I blame, by the way, our educational system for that. Oh, it geez. goes, Bill, it goes all the way back to those high school days when they, when they decided in the past 25 or 30 years in American education... American history, mm -hmm. American history wasn't important. People didn't no. have to talk about the Revolutionary War and the Constitution and the Civil mm -hmm. War. All those things that were very important when we were kids, uh, they're insignificant right now. I mean, I can talk to my grandkids who are really smart kids doing very well in school, thank God. Obviously, they take after their grandmother and, and their mother. But uh, if you talk to them about American history, I don't think they're very uh, knowledgeable about what, what, what went on. And they've already gone through high school and they're in college now. Well, yeah, we've gotten lazy on our education and and the rearing of our children, too. Bill, uh, la lazy makes it sound kind. I think it's intentional. I think that they have done it intentionally. La I think it's a combination. I think it's been intentionally done and it made other people, you know, complacent by being lazy. I mean, when, when I was in school, not, not every kid still remembers but, you, you know, you had to do simple things like know the 13 original colonies. You had to know the presidents of the United States. Yeah. And you go, I got to memorize all those. Yes, you yeah. better do it. You I know? can remember and as a kid. On I can remember as a kid having to memorize the Gettysburg Address. Yeah. That was two minutes long. You know, four score and seven years ago, our fathers brought forth upon this continent a new nation conceived in liberty and dedicated to the proposition that all men are created equal. Now we are engaged in a great civil war testing. I could go on. It's two and, yeah. two and a half minutes. But the point is, I had to remember, I had to memorize this because it was important. People had to not only know what the words were, what, why he used the words he used and what he was saying. You, well, know, there, you know, I should point something out about that speech, and I, it, it does relate. Yeah. Um, it, he was told he, he would, they would like him to come up to Gettysburg to speak, the president. But he was like an afterthought because they had Edward Everett, who was a masterful speaker, speaking as the main speaker. And he spoke for over two hours, Everett did, on, in front of Lincoln. Over two hours, this guy's, you know, doing his speech. And then came Lincoln. And Lincoln, you know, kind of a gangly guy with his top hat, you know, his tall top hat, stovepipe hat, yeah. he comes up there. And he looks at the crowd, and he clears his throat, and he gives a two-minute speech. And Everett turned to him and said, you did in two minutes what I couldn't do in two hours. And that's the kind of importance of things like the Gettysburg Address, the Constitution. If you read the Constitution of the United States, it's not just really good rules. It's masterfully thought out. I mean, it's like divinely inspired by God. And that's why it's so important. We can't give up on this. We can't let the evil ones, and I say evil ones because I think anybody who wants to ignore the Constitution and maybe not even use it altogether, I think they're evil. I think that we've got to continue to fight to make this our, uh, 
blueprint and stay by that no, blueprint. Is. Yeah. I'm sorry, it Bill. Is, I, I it, didn't mean to no, go. No, it's the blueprint. It's the template uh, of the country. But, you know, it gets back to where, uh, you know, we've gotten lazy in the teaching of our children, probably deliberate. And then uh, as parents go, you know, you see it all the time. You know, uh, it, it's so easy just to set your kid in front of the TV and uh, let a cartoon uh, teach them their, their manners, their hygiene, what's right and what's wrong. Boy, you know, leave it to Beavis and Butthead to raise your kids. <laughs> right. And I, Oh, my gosh. And, and here's what you get right now. That's exactly right. You have to, uh, you can't use the television as a babysitter. You take a few minutes of your life to explain the, the world that your kids live in and why it's so special. I'm not talking about the world in general. I'm talking about the world being our country. Our country is yeah. that shining light. And uh, it's a special gift from God, and we cannot let it f continue down the path it's going right now. Because when you look at these these tweets and this Twitter information, you know it was it was a, it was attacked by an evil force doing its its very best to circumvent the rules that Constitution that we were just talking about, and. Mm -hmm. And, uh, and to essentially destroy our country. If Joe Biden is allowed to continue as the president of the United States after what we learned on Friday, then we have got uh, a very bad road ahead of us because the, you're ignoring the law. Yeah, I mean, right now, uh, look, the, the, in my mind, the military should step in and say until we get this cleared out, there is no uh, there is no president-elect or uh, vice president-elect because it's obvious this was a manipulated election. It's an illegitimate election. Mm -hmm. Therefore, doesn't mean uh, doesn't mean that Joe lost. Doesn't mean that he won. It doesn't mean Trump won. It means it was 100% manipulated, and it was manipulated in the Democratic favor and at the behest, the request of the Democrats. And that, my friends, is treason. And we got to start at the top and start plucking them out one by one. And it's up to you what happens to these folks. Do we go by the original standards or we just kick them the hell out of here? Well, it'll be interesting to see how that works out. I, I think when the you world have, is watching. I think when you have so many traitors involved, I know we're not. Hey, listen, in other countries, there would be no question, even today. In other countries, you do something that's considered treason in that country, and there's only one, one uh, justice that they uh, they abide by, and that's uh, that's uh, execution. You know why? Because when they were brought up, they were taught the values of their country. I'm backing up a little bit just to explain something. You know, when you sit there and go, "Why do I have to know the presidents? Why do I have to know the Declaration of Independence, the Constitution, all of that stuff?" Okay. Why do you have to know it? Well, would you believe that it is paramount in every other nation but ours? We're the ones that are, you know, going willy-nilly with it and saying, ah, it's not that important. But yet mm -hmm. our enemies or people that look up to us, theirs is. So why isn't ours? We've gotten lazy at the switch. Elon Musk, train is wrecking. Elon Musk said, uh, if I'm found dead i didn't commit suicide i'm not suicidal uh he is that concerned about his well-being because this is heavy stuff folks this is very very heavy stuff and like we said before the other side is not going to go down without a fight they're going to try to minimize no. musk make him look like a lunatic but the thing about this is it's not a matter of opinion what he presented to everybody on friday and saturday was a matter of fact it wasn't mm -hmm. like he, he took the documents from Twitter and he gave them to a guy named Matt Taibbi. And Matt yeah. Taibbi is a liberal reporter. He writes for the Rolling Stone and other liberal organizations. He's not a fan of Trump. He's been very harsh on Trump. He's not a fan of people like uh, uh, the founder of Breitbart. He wrote uh, kind of a nasty obit uh, about Breitbart. So this guy, Matt Taibbi, and people may say, well, why'd they give it to Matt Taibbi? Because if, if, 
if Elon Musk had given this information to a conservative, they would have said it's a conservative hit piece. But when you yeah. give all this information to Matt Taibbi, well, what are you going to say? You know, Matt actually tried to find even little nuances where Trump benefited from it, and he can't. So he was, you know, he might be a liberal and go, well, my liberal heart says, no, 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 I, I got to, I got to, I don't like this guy. I got to bat him down. But his, his journalistic values, and I give right. him credit for that, were spot on to where this is wrong, you know, and he's at least doing his job which if every other journalist would do their job, you know, sometimes to do the best for your beliefs and your party, just do your job, and things will work out in the wash. But you can't do what we've been doing. I think it was you know? brilliant that he used a, a, a liberal journal. I would. My first reaction was, what the heck did he use that guy for, right? That was my first instinctive reaction. But when I thought about it for a second, I thought, wow. That's actually brilliant because if he used if he used uh, like Tucker Carlson, you know, well, yeah, it would have been dismissed right away. Yeah, exactly. And, and you can't now. The, now his and this will be an eye opening event for him because he's going to be. Um, the, I don't know what the word is I'm trying to say, but he's going to be so belittled by his colleagues and put down and, and minimized, and locked. Yeah, yep. minimized. Yep. It's going to be a difficult time for everybody involved. I think that this is going to be a defining week. They tried to ignore it over the weekend, but I also believe that you really can't ignore the story. It's just too big. Mm -hmm. It's just too big. So now they're going to start tearing, trying to tear it apart. But because it's based on obvious fact, how do you tear it apart? I mean, if if they gave it to I don't a, know. if Musk gave it to a liberal reporter and said, "Here, you present this." to the American people after you've examined it and he can't do anything to tear it apart, then everything else that comes up from mainstream media that appears to be tearing it apart has to be fictitious. This week will be an important week in, a, in our country because either mainstream media is going to get on board and start being honest, or you're going to see just how dishonest the mainstream media is and ignore them completely. So what would be something that could distract everybody from this bit of truth? And that's not a, a, terror, a terrorist attack, a terrorist mm -hmm. attack on our country, a, a fictitious terrorist attack could do. Yeah, that. but that a, a fictitious one. But either way, it's got to be big enough. That means innocent people are going to have to suffer and die. Just do you to think cover that, up a story. do you think that the left I'm not talking, by the way, about your average Democrat, please? No. Let's take them out of yeah. it. Yeah. Well, I'm talking about people they never heard of. The deep mm -hmm. state. The the dark figures in the shadows of our of our society with the money and the power. Those well, guys. Well, I'll, I'll expand it a little bit. The deep state, and now you've got elected politicians that didn't do their job, and now they're going, oh, crap. Now I'm in this muck, too. Whether they wanted to or not, they knew better. They're in it, and they didn't pay attention. And now they're a part of it. And the first... The first instinctive rule is to be defensive and cover it up. Right. You want to lie about it. So you've got to sit there and say the deep state and our representatives, and you can get the list of names that voted against this thing. Oh, sure. They're all in on it now because they got to cover their ass. And that is your list right there. These people, you can't trust them. All right. And, speak, and, and that, that leads into my our kind of next story, which does relate. I'm glad you brought that up. I think one of the guys who would be in that list would be Kevin McCarthy. Right. Kevin McCarthy, is uh, he's in the running for the speaker position right now. I was surprised to hear this. I know that Trump was having his reservations about McCarthy being speaker in the summertime. And I had missed the part that apparently Trump has endorsed him uh, for the speakership. And I, I thought to myself, why is Trump endorsing him, especially since guys like Paul Ryan enthusiastically endorse McCarthy for the speaker position? And you had an interesting point you were going to bring up about why you thought Trump well, endorsed you know, him. Our rat's on a, a sinking ship. You know, the, the, the ship is anchored to the post on the shoreline, and all of a sudden it catches fire. First thing you see running off that ship, fleeing down that chain, mm -hmm. you know, is are the rats. So it's very possible. Sometimes you got to bait these rats to, to, to jump off and, and flee and come out. 
And, and I and I kind of wonder if I'm seeing some of that right now with, you know, like Trump saying, I ah, get rid of the Constitution, put me back in because of all of this. Well, in a roundabout way, uh, I get what he's saying, and he's right, because the Democrats never wanted it anyway. Mm -hmm. And all of a sudden, you got Liz Cheney. Well, she's no angel. We know that. Right. And we know that the, because of this, January 6th, the hearing committee, that was all a farce, because they had to do the sixth committee. They had to do what they, they were doing, because they had to bury the bones to what... <laughs> Elon Musk just laid out. They were trying to put that coffin in the ground and cover it up with dirt. And now they're exposed. Liz Cheney is the first rat to come out. Uh, I think uh, everybody else well, in that committee, too. Yeah, Amy, Amy Kobacher has come out. I'm going terrorist, terrorist, uh, not a terrorist, but traitor, uh, traitor, 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 yes. traitor. Yep. And, you know, not liar, liar, pants on fire, traitor, traitor, your pants are on fire because. <laughs> Uh, and you're going to see a lot of this. So don't believe their their lying mouths when they come out and say what they say. So why do you do think that? Why do you think that Kevin McCarthy being the speaker would be a good thing to help draw these people out? Do we do? Okay, we know that he's been kind of. Is he a rhino, or is he just a bowl of mush? Some people have questioned as to whether he is uh, also. Um, a like a uh, what do they call it a uh, uh, when a, when a guy is a spy on both sides he, he's a double agent double agent thank you very much they they wonder whether he's a double agent whether he's being used by our side to help draw these people out like you said uh, and, and Trump may know this because I always wondered why after Trump went down to Mar-a-Lago and after McCarthy has made made the comments he made you know on January sixth. I always wondered why Trump welcomed him down to Mar-a-Lago afterwards, and he did. He had him come mm -hmm. down, and, and and I was wondering what's going on there. I, I I think I mentioned on Friday I would have I would have left him at the front gate, you know, I wouldn't have yeah, let him well, on the that's property. You or me, we would have done that. But the point is, is he didn't. And you know, you got to wonder. We brought it up Friday. I'll bring it up again. The why did Mar-a-Lago get hit by the the FBI and and everything, and they were investigating? It is because of what happened. Two years ago, Friday, uh -huh. and that was when, you know, Trump went with the National Defense Act and saying we have a terroristic group in our nation taking or trying to steal the elections. So what and, happens that you made is the thing that happened on Friday with the Twitters, the, the Twitter dump and the Mar-a-Lago situation they are they're they're related. It's all related because there's something they believe that Trump has, you know, uh, is it proof on the Dominion? Was it proof on how they were doing everything? Uh, whatever it is, they think that he's got, because every president's had a quasi own their own personal White House, a mini White House away from the White House. Mar-a-Lago happened to be it for Trump. So they figure anything that he's got that would bury them, yeah. he, he would have it there. But... You got it. You forget one thing. Trump is not a politician. Never was, wasn't while he was in, and he is not now. He's an actual, normal, everyday citizen that happens to be a businessman. And in a businessman, you know there are thieves in the woods around you. So anything you've got, you protect. Yep. And you made an interesting point on, uh, over the uh, over the weekend. Now, I think we can say it. We can speculate. Yeah. He has properties all over the world. Mm -hmm. And if he had something, it could be anywhere. Right. And that would mean that if it's not on U.S. soil, mm -hmm. uh, I don't care what it is. You know, he could own uh, it doesn't it doesn't even have to be something he owns. But then you've got certain rules of engagements and international laws. And uh, I, I do know this. The rules of spy and espionage have changed, and it's changed because of social media and people like you and me. They go, wait a minute, that's not right. You know, like I made a comment about the thing down in uh, Philadelphia where the, the they were showing the guys shooting the guns. I said, look, it's just like the movies, you know, like a uh, Mission Impossible movie where they're running, swinging around, and they're pointing the gun sideways. And somebody I know inside of D.C., and you know that I know, um, they sat there and they said, that's bull crap. We can't do stuff like that anymore. 
The rules of engagements changed back in the 50s. Even Russia doesn't do the things that you display on the movies. It's done a lot different these days. There's so many things happening, and they're all starting to show that they're connected. There's well, a- I could, I would say this, and you know, the dark side that's involved in this, you know, how far they want to let this go on because, you know, we are wrestling the snake. You know, it's in our hand. We're holding its head. It's got its teeth out. It wants to hiss and, and sink its fan, uh, fangs into us. They're going to have to, in my estimation, find a way to declare something of their own and lock down this country and just throw it into the abyss. The proof, if they, the proof of our greatness will be how we handle this situation. Mm-hmm. If we ignore it, if we all go back to our football games and uh, pretend it didn't happen, like Bill said, he talked to somebody who was uh, mostly concerned about his games and had enough money to put gas in his car and go to a movie every so often. He wasn't really interested in politics. If we go on that merry way and not pay attention to what's happening to our country, we're going to lose it. One day we'll wake up and nothing about this country will resemble anything about the country that Bill and I were born into. We may have already lost it. You know, I I don't think so, but we're close. We are close. Well, I, when, when you have We're people, close to keeping close to losing. Let's put it that way. When you have people like Trump and other people who are fighting so hard to uh, to hang on to what we've got, uh, I think that says to me that they believe it's, it's worth the fight and, and we haven't lost it yet. I think if we lost it, I don't think there'd be the struggle that's going on right now. No, I, I don't either. But, you know, I, I know Elon Musk. Mm-hmm. I know Donald J. Trump should never be in the same room together at the same time. (laughs) That's very true. Um, On the weekend, Maria Bartiromo, on her weekend Sunday morning Mm -hmm. program, had Kevin McCarthy on, uh, and uh, they were talking about what he'd do if he was speaker and you know, does he think he has uh, the votes to become speaker? Here's what he said. Have you spoken with the Freedom Caucus? Where is this fight? Where does it stand? I spent hours with the Freedom Caucus. Look, we, we have a close majority, uh, exactly what the Democrats had in the last time. And we've laid out to the American public. They chose for us to be in the majority, for us to lead. Um, we need to come together as one. Otherwise, we will not be successful. Uh, we've had a very successful uh, conference last week, I Well, felt. you won 85% of the vote, and obviously the majority wants you as speaker, but you've got to get the 218 votes. Yeah, the difficulty here is we've already had the primary. We've already made that decision, 85% of the conference. Um, If people don't come along, that's going to delay our ability to secure the border. That's going to delay our ability to become energy independents. That's going to delay our ability to repeal 87,000 IRS agents. That's going to delay our ability to hold government accountable. There's no subpoena that can go out until that gets done. And right now, it's actually delaying our ability to govern as we go. So I'm hopeful that everybody comes together, finds a way to govern together. Uh, this is what the American people want. Otherwise, we'll be squandering this majority. You were you were with Joe Biden this past week. What were you able to talk with him about, about how business is going to be different? Should you be the House Speaker? I know that there's a movement right now, for example, to remove the uh, mandate for the vaccine in the military. You spoke with the president about that. I did. I had a meeting with the president. I laid out very clearly what the difference will be with a new Republican majority. And we're working through what is the NDA, the National Defense Bill. Um, We will secure lifting that vaccine mandate on our military. Because what we're finding is they're kicking out men and women that have been serving. People aren't, they're not meeting their recruitment. I had a conversation with the Secretary of Defense even last night. But come next week, you'll see that we've been able to. And that's the first victory of having a Republican majority. And we'd like to have more those victories and we should start moving those now. So just to be clear, you're saying in the NDAA, which will drop next week, the vaccine mandate for the military will be lifted. Yes, it will. Otherwise, the bill will not move. I've been very clear with the president. The president, I want to, worked with me on this. This is the first sign of having 
divided government. You got some compromise here, and we've got something that the Republicans have been working very hard, and a number of Democrats too, trying to find success. But one party rule would never allow that to go forward, and now we're going to have success. Uh, what What else are you planning, and what have you told the Freedom Caucus? Are you making any changes? Are you doing anything to placate anybody who's actually trying to push against you as the Speaker? Look, I think everybody is respected in the House, uh, regardless of where you are. We got to remember. We're going to sit at 222 members, so any five members can hold us up for achieving. I respect all. We came together as one conference. We changed the rules, made it more bottom-up in the process, so I'm not quite sure why people, maybe it's just personal at this basis, but what it's doing is harming. You know, President Trump just put a, a truth out, I think, last night. He's very concerned what's happening. Mark Levin, uh, a number of people. Have... All of these people endorsed you as Speaker. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. And Jim Jordan as well. Ah. Okay, so I'm I'm sitting here listening to all these niceties he's talking about and, you know, how things will be slowed down if he's not made speaker. And I'm thinking, okay, how is he going to respond if uh, the Brunson case, uh, if the Brunson case uh, says that uh, they are illegitimate as of, you know, January 7th, are you going to hear guys like McCarthy? Is, is there going to be some kind of a battle between the legislature and the judiciary branch? Who has the final say? If, if the people in, in the Supreme Court say, okay, you guys uh, did something wrong, you cannot be uh, representatives anymore, are they going to just walk out the door or are they going to kind of, will there be some kind of a re rebellion? What do you think? Well, I think there's going to be a fight, but you know, the, the bottom line is from Kevin's point of view right now here today, he's got to go business as usual. Cause we don't know what's going to happen with this lawsuit and uh, whether, you know, we lose the Congress or we keep the Congress, we lose most of the Senate or we keep most of it. And, you know, then the, I guess the other question is, it really gets down to going back two years ago when the national defense act was you know, put into place and nobody acted on, or they did a vote on it, I guess. And they voted to do nothing. If you abstained, then you're okay. If you voted, yeah, we should go with it. Uh, you're okay. But if you voted not, nah, forget it. It's a bunch of crap. Mm -hmm. Whoever is on that bunch of crap list. Well, and see, is I don't know where he sits on that. I don't know. Oh, I think I did. I think he voted. Uh, it was a bunch of crap bill. I, I do think he did that. Then if he did, then, you know, the, then all bets are off. But all bets are off if that lawsuit goes through anyway. Well, you it's going to go through. What I find interesting about that lawsuit is the they filed it. There's no it. other outcome but one. Yeah, they filed the lawsuit at the Supreme Court level, and the Supreme Court contacted them five days later and said, how soon can you get this to us? I mean, the mm -hmm. whole the whole complaint. And we have some changes we would like you to add to your lawsuit. This was from the attorney for the Supreme Court, who the clerk, he's the clerk of the Supreme Court, who said we we want this, but we think you have to add this, this, and this to the suit. Now, Can my you question imagine? would be on that: Is that uh, you know, is this a way to wash it all away by going to the Supreme Court and they're saying, oh, you got to do this and this and this, and they did it. You know, I mean, it's we don't know what's you know, going to happen. With you would that. say that's a good question, and you would you would wonder that. But then, what really interests me was that the opposition decided we're not going to file any complaint against your complaint. We're not going to argue against your complaint. So when this petition, this complaint is presented on January sixth to the Supreme Court, there's not going to be an an opposing argument. Well, let me ask you this. There's not going to be an opposing argument. So it comes forward. Where you, they present their case and the, then the judges will rule. All right. Are we going to have civil unrest? Are we? Well, I think that the left will try to do something that will cause uh, yeah unrest. There will be another. Uh, or they'll use it as a form of civil unrest to they can kick in their own you know, military powers to squash everything. Mm. I don't know. There will be, I, I, I do think that there will be some stage to civil unrest, but I also heard over the weekend, uh, un quietly, uh, there have been National Guard troops uh, mobilized and put into certain areas around the country. 
that we're not hearing about right now. This is the, this is the stuff you hear. Fortunately, in our world today, we have a secondary media, not mm-hmm. mainstream media. We have another group of podcasters and news people out there who are working on their own for little pay, maybe no pay in some cases, and um, they're doing the job that mainstream media should be doing. They're asking the right questions. The mainstream media right now, and I wish I had the tape. I saw this last week, Bill. You may have seen it. Somebody mm-hmm. did, a, did a compilation of all the different local news stations talking about a national story. And they were teasing the national story. And it was a relevant national story. I can't think of what story it was. But this, this was within the last month, the story. And every single local anchor was reading the same script. I'm talking, yeah. they must have had 50 different stations from around the country. Eyewitness News tonight with a story breaking in Washington. This, 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 and this happened. They cut to one other piece of video. Eyewitness News in Des Moines this week in Washington. This, this and It's the same script, you know? Staged. Yeah, it's, and- yeah. And I noticed too. Now, you know, I traveled. Uh, I, I live down in Pennsylvania, but I'm I'm up in Boston visiting, right. and I'm watching the news. And I know what's going on with the Twitter thing. It, it was breaking as I was driving up here, and I was listening, going, "Oh man, this and this is big. Boy, right. we're gonna have fun Monday talking about this." And you know, most of it's out there, and hopefully, you know what's going on. But I get here and I turn on the the news, and I keep going up and down the dial, all the local stations. And there used to be a thing. I know I did it when I programmed. You know, you'd have the news. And back in the 70s, uh, when I first got into, you know, doing broadcast, I'd listen to the news and go, well, there's a lot of depressing news, but we got to do this. So we would always do a kicker story at the end, a little happy, you know, heartstring story. And that was it. And that was just a smiley face on the end of the news. You know, everything's going to be okay. And the reason I say that is now, the news is all smiley face stories, little fluff pieces here, little fluff piece there, little fluff piece there. None of the hard news, and the news today is bigger than it was back in the 70s. It's called. The, it's 80s. getting back to what we talked about on Friday about distraction. Mm-hmm. Get people talking about, you know, what rock salt they can use on their driveway this winter time to, e- you know, to make it easier to get to work and stuff like this. Nonsensical things. But, you know, Bill, it goes to what's happened to ownership of media in this country. In broadcasting, there are a handful of major operators. And when I say handful, you probably can put them on one hand. I'm not going to mention any names. You know who they are, Bill, because mm. we've both worked for them in the past, that, that will own maybe 150 stations, radio stations. Well, more than that now. Well, yeah. And in TV, the same thing. A whole yeah. bunch of uh, a whole bunch of stations owned by a handful of owners, and so what does that mean? That means that they have maybe one national newsroom, and that one national newsroom is feeding those stories to all of their stations around the country. Yeah, and yeah, if they've got it. Well, look, I I worked for a big company, the 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 two big brothers that ran it. Anybody in the media knows which one I'm talking about. But back when we had, uh, what was it going on after the uh, the Gulf War? There was another flare-up, too. And uh, there was the big Dixie Chicks and Toby right. Keith thing mm-hmm. and the banning of the records and the congressional hearings. Uh, I don't know if I still have it, but there was a memo that came out that was totally contradictive to a certain CEO's uh, testimony. You know, no, uh, oh, no, those guys made that decision on their own. No, yeah. we didn't. Yeah. Um, you know, we were told what to do because we were going, and at that time, I'll put it this way, it was a conservative narrative that we were going after with that particular com- company. You know, it, it's, it's all a lie. It, this this mm-hmm. deregulation crap, I almost said another word, uh, where, uh, oh, you're going to get better uh, better quality news, Not better true. quality programming. There's going to no. be no diversity. That was the sell. No, that that was that was the sell, but that's not the reality. The reality yeah. is, it's easier to control people in the news and and a lot of people. a lot of people don't realize this who aren't in broadcasting. But in what, I think it was 1998 or 96, they had the de- deregulation, deregularization mm-hmm. of 
the media. And mm-hmm. uh, what that means is there used to be a limitation on how many stations, how many AM stations you could own, how many FM stations, how many TV stations, and how many newspaper. I mean, in one market. And it used to be you could own one AM, one FM, one TV, and a newspaper. In a market. And then you were... <laughs> You had a market monopoly, monopoly with that. Now you can own you can own all the papers. You right. can own three the three network TV stations, and you can own. It depends on the population. You can own up to seven FMs in a market, and then the AMs. Now the AM because yeah, people don't listen to AM as much. They get the drop in FM lower power signals that you can boost and make them sound. So you can own, you can blanket that market under one. I flag. think also back in those days when you were talking about one of each in the market, uh, you could only have nationally, I think, seven AM, seven FM, and five TVs. Yeah. There was a limitation on the total national number number of uh, number in a market. Yeah, or uh, uh, nationally, nationally. Yeah. Yeah. So what that meant was that you could, uh, you know, guys would want a better AM station. They would go trade in one of their stations to get the new station. There was, it, it kept it kind of balanced. And then came 1996 or nine, I think it was 96 deregulation mm-hmm. and everything changed that what it said was whatever, how, how, however much money you have, buy whatever you want, buy whatever you want. So guys came along, these bankers came along and they bought, like you said, dozens of, of radio and TV stations. And they then cut back on staff and they cut back on how they were run. And all of a sudden, you had one newsroom that was feeding stories and newscasts to maybe mm-hmm. 20 stations, you know. And that was supposed to be their local news, but it wasn't. I mean, how can you be a local newscaster uh, in Cle- when you're broadcasting from Cleveland to Pittsburgh, for example? It was a rubber stamp. It was a big, giant rubber yeah. stamp. You know, a radio signal is to give you a local voice. And the bigger the market, you have more signals to let everybody potentially have a voice. Exactly. Getting back to Kevin McCarthy, my friend, we have one more segment from Kevin McCarthy's interview with Maria Bartiromo on Sunday. So here it is. I want to get your take on really the story of the day, and that is, Congressman, this collusion between the media, between the FBI, the DOJ, all in the face of these enormous forces working against us, like the Chinese Communist Party. What are you going to do to keep the CCP at bay, to stop the intellectual property theft, and to stop this collusion? and corruption. Well, we, we, it can't be the same as the past. What I'm going to announce this week is a new select committee on China. I'll announce the chair as well this week. Now, that's why we have to start moving forward. We're going to look at every single industry that China has us leveraged in. We're going to start bringing the supply chain back from China to America. You look at from our medicine of what's being made in China. You look at critical minerals. You look at what they're doing around the world. This is going to be a committee of Republicans and Democrats alike focus so we have one policy, one mission to confront China of what they've been trying to do to America and rule the world. And it's the, one of the best things that we'll see moving forward with the new Republican majority. I mean, does the media not understand what's at hand, what's at stake? I mean, what about these 51 intelligence officials claiming they're intelligence officials? John Brennan, James Clap. Clapper, signing their name to say that the Hunter Biden laptop was disinformation. When we knew otherwise, John Ratcliffe on my show saying that's absolutely not true. Exactly. Also put in there Adam Schiff. Another change you're going to get. Adam Schiff will no longer be on the Intel Committee when I become Speaker. I promised that more than two years ago. Why? Another example that he lied about this. You see a Clapper and Brennan using their intelligence clearance to lie to the American public. What Elon Musk has been able to do, now we know why the White House wanted to fight so strongly against him owning Twitter. All he's done is put out the truth. Now we need to start looking at Facebook, at Google. These now have become arms of the Democratic Party, arms of the Biden administration, but they also used the intel community as well to lie to the American public. Should those people keep their clearances? Should those people still be allowed to have information? If they're going to be political individuals, then no, they should not. And this is just the, the tip of the iceberg of what we need to investigate. 
yeah. going forward. Well, I mean, you know, we knew or we had a sense that this was happening at Twitter, but you're right. I mean, what about Google? What about Facebook? We already know that the because of sworn testimony, we know that the FBI was having weekly meetings with social media companies to try to stop them from reporting the truth about influence peddling happening in the Biden family. Think about the timeline of when this was right before the election, just a couple weeks. It, and remember how close this election was. 95% of all searches go through Google. Twitter withholding a, a newspaper article saying you can't put it. Then an Intel community coming out and saying it's a lie. Adam Schiff, the chairman of the Intel, saying it's not true to Wolf Blitzer. They used every arm, not only just of the government, but they had taken over businesses to lie to the American public. This is just the beginning, and this is why we've got to be ready to go on January 3rd from the very beginning. All this will be held up. Yeah, it's, it right. just, it's just extraordinary what has taken place. I mean, the people want answers. And you have been on this more than four years ago yeah. with others, and they attacked you. You That's watched right. what happened. So it's not just when people sit back and say, oh, it's just about President Trump. No, it's about America's selves. They go after each and every person that questions them. Look at what they're doing to Elon Musk and the successes that he's had. He's not doing anything but putting out papers that he has found. Yeah. And now they're trying to discredit a person for telling the truth. Yeah, I saw your uh, interview the other day outside the White House. You said it was disgusting, and it is. And uh, unfortunately, it doesn't appear that the media is informed about these forces like the Chinese Communist but Party and what's behind this, all of this. How is this different than what's happening in China today where you try to control every single person? That's right. Now we're finding government used businesses to control what we could find out, what we can say, what, whether we could even forward or retweet. Yeah. Where is the uprising in That's this right. Process? It's exactly right. He's campaigning, in my opinion, too hard for this position. He really is. But yeah. I got to tell you something, though. What he he didn't say is that he tried to get big tech to silence conservative lawmakers following the January 6th protest. Did you know that? He doesn't talk about that. No. I, I don't know. It's 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 hard to to put a you know, put your thumb on it with uh, whether he's a good guy, bad guy, or he was just kind of like a Lindsey Graham just wandering around and maybe he's found his well, yeah. soul. But, you know, I, I got to ask the question, how much does your soul cost? Is there a price tag on your soul that you will sell it to well, the highest bidder? <clears throat> I think in, in Washington, a lot of lawmakers have answered that question. For, and it varies from lawmaker to lawmaker. This guy wants to be the Speaker of the House desperately. You have to understand that he has never done anything in his life other than be in politics. He's right. been, he started out when he was 20 years old as a political aide. I think I think it was to was it to John Boehner, but it was a political aide to one of the representatives at the time. And then I think he about 2006 or so, he won his first election and and ever since then he's been hanging around the halls of Congress. I don't know how to call this guy you know he's been uh, he's he's had the typical political life, so he's in that swamp. Yeah, he is, and I think that uh, he probably is going to get the job because at at some point they're going to realize that if they fight too hard against him, uh, the Democrats may push somebody they want into right. the speakership, and if that yeah. happens, then we're in we're in bad shape. And they can do that. They could take a very moderate to leftist Republican, and there are some there, and they could make them the Speaker of the House, and uh, they would be uh, more comfortable with that on the left. Yeah, I forget the name. There is a guy that's actually uh, a, a very left conservative, so to speak, and I'm going, how can uh -huh. you be a liberal, uh, a, a, a liberal right person? But there's one guy out there who doesn't have the votes. But if the Democrats vote a certain way, mm -hmm. you know, they can actually steal enough votes one way to make this put this liberal that's un, in in Republican clothing in. And I'm like going, is our system that fragile and that vulnerable? Well, apparently it is. Well, I think what's what's happened is we're dealing with many people behind the scenes who are involved in the deep state. Yeah. This has been going on for decades. They have entrenched themselves into our government. They're behind the scenes, but they have a great deal of influence. It's money that they have, and, and that money is the influence. You do this, and we'll, 
will help you out financially in your next uh, campaign. That means a lot to a lot of politicians. By the way, I should point out, this has kind of nothing to do with what we're talking about, but then again, mm -hmm. it does. Um, I was reading that there's a, I think it's Uganda, uh, one of the prime ministers of one of the African nations was saying, you've got to stop helping the Ukraine because the weapons you're sending them, the money and the weapons you're sending them are ending up in the arms of revolutionaries in Africa and being used against people here. This is the so, kind of stuff that's happening. Money is coming back to our politicians in this country. And the weapons we're supposed to be sending over to the Ukrainians to use against the Russians in their defense, they're being shipped to other countries for profit. Yeah, I was going to say, yeah, they're selling them. So, you know, there's a lot of mismanagement and dirty uh, dirty goings on, I guess is how yeah. I'll put it. But, you know, the Ukraine, we just need to get the hell out of there. You know, I, I don't know why we're there. I've said it before. This is not a win, you know, there, there is a no-win situation there. Well, we're helping out democracy. No, we're not. I may have missed it, but did you hear uh, McCarthy mention anything about going back and doing a serious investigation into January 6th and maybe looking into the presidential election of 2020? I didn't hear it. No, no, I didn't either. And, you know, but I have heard other people say, you know, the January 6th committee has got to question a lot of things. I, uh, look. There are so many people that that lawsuit from Friday uh, that we learned about uh, would implicate that I don't see how they want to talk about it. They want they want to find a way to make that go away, both Democrat and Republican. Here's somebody the uh, left wants to go away. I, I want to leave our show with this little tidbit from from uh, Representative Lauren Boebert. Oh, uh, yes. Uh, one of my favorites. Listen to this. Madam Speaker, the American people have spoken. They have fired you and have chosen to end the Democrats' one-party rule throughout our government. The days of this chamber being treated as Pelosi's house instead of the people's house are over. The American people will once again be allowed into this chamber to see their representatives at work. Republicans made a lot of promises on the campaign trail. It's time we make good on those promises. We must defund the 87,000 IRS agents that the Democrats hired, increase domestic energy production, get to the bottom of Hunter Biden's corruption, and of course the big guy who's at least compromised by 10%. Reinstate the service men and women who were shamefully discharged because they refused to take the COVID vaccine. Reduce government spending and curb inflation. Secure the southern border at which there is a complete invasion. And reduce the flow of China's fentanyl into our communities. Republicans across America ran on these policies. God help us if we fail to deliver on them. With uh, that, I yield. you got to love that young lady. Anyway, um, this is going to be a very interesting week, Bill. I have a bunch of other audio that we're we have lined we up. We could to... sit there and be all audio all the time with uh, yeah. actualities, but uh, but you... every day it changes because we think we have stuff planned for tomorrow's program, and then something happens in the afternoon today, like for example, and everything changes. The whole it's program. probably happening right now as we speak because I guarantee when you know they tried to get to Elon on Friday to to, to stop him. And he, he, yeah, he wasn't available. Did it anyway? Yeah, exactly. Well, they weren't successful. So you know they had a stink tank, a think tank, whatever it is, of uh, getting. What are we going to do about this? And that I'm sure they got a plan. There was and one it might hit the news today. There was one other bit of audio I really wanted to play. I wonder if I should play it anyway. It's only 50 seconds long. It Shoot. was it was Go a message it. from President Trump to the January 6 people who were behind bars. And I thought it was worth playing. Listen. People have been treated unconstitutionally, in my opinion, and very, very unfairly. And we're going to get to the bottom of it. And you know what I've said. I take it very seriously. I have never seen anything like it at all levels. It's the weaponization of the Department of Justice. And we can't let this happen in our country because our country is going not socialist. They've skipped over that. They skipped over socialism. Our country is going communist. This is what happens, and we can't let it happen. We have to stop it. So I want to thank everybody for working so hard. I know how hard you're working to get justice for people that are imprisoned right now and people that are being tormented. 
can't let it happen. We're going to stop it. And we're going to win. Thank you all very much. You got to love it, huh? <laughs> yeah. Hold on. Help is on the way. Hey, my friend, we'll do it again tomorrow. We will. By the way, just a quick uh, little note here. Uh, Lolita James, you know her, the prosecutor up in uh, Manhattan? Mm-hmm. Yeah, she's under scrutiny now. Investigation of sexual harassment. Oh, my gosh. It just gets <laughs> crazier. It just gets there's, crazier. There's a joke in that, so I'm leaving it alone. But, you know, karma's a bitch. Well, so's Lolita, but that's a whole different thing. Later, my friend. We'll do it tomorrow. Adios. The Voice of Freedom, CRN America.